Thank you for tuning into the VF1 show with VF and Vincenzo, the podcast that discusses all things business, marketing, politics, and government within the world of Formula One. If that's your thing, then you found the right place. So without further ado, it's lights out and away we go. Welcome back to the VF1 show. I am the very happy, very excited Vincenzo Landion today. My co-host, on the other hand, VF. I don't know. I'm going to guess that she's not feeling quite as chipper as I am. V, <laughs> how you feeling? How you doing? What's going on? Listen, listen. I, 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 I'm being charitable. Okay, you can have Lewis. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Everything is okay. I suspect <laughs> that that you are are not alone, and that there are many quote-unquote, I'm making air quotes, Mercedes fans today that are really questioning if they are actually Mercedes fans. They're not. They're not. (laughs) They're not. Spoiler alert, they are not. No. Yeah, what a... Okay, first off, I, I always hoped that Mercedes would finish this out, finish out his... or that... Lewis would finish his career out with Mercedes. But after this past season, I don't know. There was just things that were going on, especially after the extension that made me think this isn't going to last forever. I have a feeling Lewis, because I knew that that 2025 was an option. It wasn't, you know, a contractual thing. He didn't have to drive for Mercedes in 2025. He could opt in, but he chose not to, obviously. Um, I always knew that. And that was for a reason. And I think that was to gauge whether he felt the team was going in the direction he wanted them to go to get him closer to that eighth world title. And sure. he was lucky if he wasn't even competing for podiums this past season. And then every time it seemed like they would get something right, the following race, they would just kind of regress a little bit. Um, or they were giving calls to George and they probably should have given them to Lewis. I mean, it was just, it just kind of seemed like he was. He wasn't treated like driver number one this season. And I think when you are Mercedes and you are on the brink of potentially losing the best driver of all time, arguably, and you're not doing everything you can to keep him happy and keep him there, then you're going to run the risk of losing him. And when I knew that Carlos Sainz contract was up after next season, I said, I wouldn't doubt it if he ended up at Ferrari because you know I, I couldn't see him ever on the same team with Max Verstappen that's a no automatically and McLaren assorted so that made Ferrari the next team that he could potentially go to and it, and it happened so I, I wasn't caught off guard with this I, I, I something told me this was going to happen and I'm kind of glad it happened now um, but what are your thoughts on it what how, how, did you think this was going to happen did I think it was going to happen? No, not particularly. But only because I really thought that Lewis would want to just finish where he was. There was comments he's made in the past where it was kind of like, oh, you know, where it felt like he kind of, um, I don't want to say out, out, uh, like he, he, he already, that, that bridge was, was like, over and done with you know not that there's anything wrong with you know with 
Ferrari or his his interactions with um, anyone from Ferrari, but it was just kind of like, I'm too old, you know, I'm I'm too old to go and try that. Um, so did I think it was going to happen? No, I, I really, I really just expected it to be another kind of either disappointment, either it was going to be, yeah, we're going to stick around, you know, stick with signs, you know, longer until 26. So just give him another year, but that doesn't, that never sounded realistic because why would he want just one year? And or two years, I guess. Like, uh, no, one year, because 25, and then for 26, you'd go to Audi. That's, I still hold firm to that, that he's, that Audi is his, you know, play. So, signs, when you think about signs, that didn't seem, like, possible. Um, and then, uh, thinking about all of the other options for Ferrari, like, this is, this is where I started to, kind of feel like oh man i don't know what our options are because who is big enough to fill that seat yeah you yeah. know who you're not going to stick a young young driver the, you know ferrari's not going to go with anyone too young you know super young or inexperienced i should say yeah so who else is out there and Lewis fits the bill in every, you know, in every way. Um, and obviously that he fits the bill more so than, than, than every way. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really happy today. I was ecstatic to hear the news and to hear that this is the direct, I mean, when you really look at all of this, the, the, the whole package, the whole deal that they really, went in on like this is a no-brainer for lewis if 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 ferrari can you know hold their end of the bargain it's a no-brainer for him there's there's really no i mean yeah. there's there, there's no there's no plan that he could have said no i mean he's you're looking at you know a hundred million dollars for uh annually and then you're looking at um i don't know if you saw the numbers on what john alcon had uh, uh com- wants to commit to Lewis's uh diversity inclusion efforts and his you know the things that Lewis wants to focus on you know, you're looking at another 400 million dollars or so that they want to invest in things Lewis cares about and then you know and then make him a brand ambassador after that right. which is what Lewis wanted with Mercedes and they never committed to because I believe Lewis wanted like a 10 year like a 10 year ambassadorship, which yeah. is so smart. Until, until 2035. Um, so yeah. Well, and t- yes, in 10 years is, is those 10 years after you're done with your sport, whatever that might be is, is crucial. You know, you're still popular enough. You're still influencing things enough. Um, at a time, I think you eventually, you, your influence is going to just fade away naturally, Although Lewis is, you know, would probably still have um, a lot of influence, it just, it just naturally would not be there as much. So taking advantage of that that ten years would be huge, and uh, they didn't seem to want to go in that direction. And uh, Ferrari is willing to do that, so or seemingly so. Um, 
Yeah. Or we like we don't we just don't know we right because it's still like everything that we've read and and everything that we know right now is was pretty sterilized, and I think yeah. the reason for that is because number one, you still have each team has the you know drivers under contract. Ferrari has signs under contract for the rest of the year. They still have the driver season hasn't even started yet, and. Lewis has to drive for Mercedes for the rest of the year. So they're in like these lame duck situations with these two guys. Um, so, you know, I noticed there was a lot of people that were like, oh my God, you know, Ferrari was, their announcement for Lewis was so, uh, it could have used a real copywriter. It was such, you know, it sounded like AI wrote it. And it's like, wait a minute, they still have a freaking driver that they have on their team for the rest of the year who, needs to compete for them and you know same thing goes for lewis over at mercedes like what were they supposed to do you they still have to have him compete for the team for the year so i think there's so much more that we'll hear as we get closer to the end of this season which now it's like everybody just wants it to end right um (laughs) at least i do um but yeah we're in that situation where you're just like okay well we've got a whole season to go through before we can really do anything with this information. You know, Lewis is probably not going to post about it. I'm, I doubt you're going to see Lewis, you know, make some yeah. sort of excited post before he's even, you know, before he's even gone really. So, you know, you've got that going on. I, I think we're going to hear a lot more news. Like the reason why I'm even more excited is because I think we're going to hear a lot more. I think there's going to be more uh, departures. I think Mercedes might end up losing Bono. Um, I think he'll end up going with Lewis to Ferrari, start something fresh. Uh, and who knows? I mean, who knows what other what other moves they have? If if Ferrari and Elcon really have this all in mentality of we're just going to do everything it takes to bring us back to glory, I mean, we could be looking at a lot of major moves that maybe even some people can't even speculate right now and so that's what's like really exciting yeah um i have heard from someone that bono is is definitely going with lewis to mercedes obviously i don't think you would hear anything about that this season from the team from anyone i don't think we're going to have an official confirmation on that because obviously i think it kind of shifts the team's focus and mercedes doesn't need to focus on really anything except for helping lewis do the best that they can, but at the same time, also kind of distancing him from the team this year because they don't, you know, they don't want him involved now in the development of next year's car. So right. it's it's kind of like they're doing their final lap season while also having one of the most high-level breakups in Formula One history, where it's like, hey Lewis, you can't come in here. But you're part of the team, but you can't be involved in this meeting, or you're not coming to this to the to the factory on this day because we're doing this and we don't want you to see what we're doing. It's like, how yeah. much is Lewis actually going to be involved really with the team this year, aside from the R and D on this car, on where it's going to yeah. finish at the end of the season, and and really aside from that, I don't see him too too involved in what's happening. If anything, I maybe see him during the summer break, perhaps. Um, up up in Marinello working on 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 the new car that he's going to be driving so yeah it's 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 going to be an interesting year but I will say this I kind of looking back and I tweeted this going back to Singapore 
that left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because you didn't see the Mercedes team greeting Lewis, right? You saw him getting the embrace for McLaren and Ferrari and they were there and they were excited for him and, and he was excited and you know, where was Mercedes? And they said, oh, well, we sent some people. Well, when you send such minimal people that they get dwarfed by the crowds of uh, the personnel of McLaren and Ferrari, that's a problem. That's a problem. And yeah. I, I don't want to like be that super dramatic fan that's like, oh my God, that was so rude. But at the same time, again, when you have the best driver in F1 history, especially mm-hmm. modern history, you're you gotta do what it takes to keep him happy you cannot make him think that he's on the outs and that had to have been a pretty kind of humiliating position on i wouldn't say humiliating but kind of a um just a not good feeling for lack of better words um yeah you know i i just at that point i kind of thought mm, could he leave and yeah i mean it finally happened but curious what's going to happen with all the sponsors because lewis brings an incredible uh presence to formula one and you cannot really compete in this we've seen with haas without sponsors and i think that what is mercedes without lewis hamilton it i mean yeah they're still they're still uh they're still huge but at the same time if they hadn't have won all of those you know, championships and and, and mm-hmm. instructors, and without Lewis, where would Mercedes be right now? So it kind of makes me wonder how many sponsors are going to potentially go elsewhere or potentially follow Lewis to Ferrari. Not that they need it, but also maybe this gives us a glimpse that maybe Monster knew what was going on. Maybe Monster kind of read the tea leaves because they kept their partnership with Lewis while moving mm-hmm. their you know their their team part partnership to McLaren. So maybe they knew something. Yeah. Which, which, you know, could, could very well be, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much they, yeah. they knew or, um, you, you've got to think though, that some of these sponsors have dollars already invested contracts already. It's, it's not as easy as just walking away. Uh, I don't know what all the situations are. I don't know what all of the contract details are for all of these, you know, these, uh, these sponsors, but. Uh, yeah, IWC said kind of like a goodbye almost mm-hmm. um, to him, or like thanked him, which was really nice. Uh, but was it just a thank you versus a like we're breaking up? Um, <laughs> obviously, IWC is probably not gonna get onto a Ferrari, considering uh, Richard Mill is already there and well ingrained on into that brand. Um, and that partnership, so IWC's kind of st- stuck, um, you know, without without Lewis, um, unless they somehow sign him as a brand ambassador, uh, you know, which I guess mm-hmm. they could technically do, but that won't go over well, especially if Lewis has no. um, has to wear Richard Milk. So you've got them, you know, the monster one you already touched on. Um, Tommy Hilfiger is a brand ambassador. Was that? So there's lots of strings in F1. It's not just, you know, a driver goes and that's that. It's there's so the more money the driver brings to the sport, the more strings are involved, the more tentacles. Right. So in a way, the dirtier it can get. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll probably, we'll, we'll, 
Santander is going to most likely yeah. walk away from Ferrari as well, um, yeah. which is, would be expected. Um, you know, you're going to have, so you're going to have a lot of movement. I think that right now, if, if Ferrari already isn't selling sponsors for 25, which I'm, obviously I'm sure they are, um, those are going to be an, at an absolute premium, premium number. I mean, we're talking probably, I I don't even know if I got to put like an actual multiplier on it, but let's just say, let's just say 10 X just to put like, we're looking at premium, premium numbers. And and Ferrari is already a premium, you know, uh, uh, in there's already premium inventory there. Now we're talking about adding the most marketable, uh, athlete in your sport, the, you know, blows away anything from any other driver and team, right? He's bigger than at least his presence is bigger than, um, you know, so many combined elsewhere. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that number is going to explode. There's going to be so many different things that are going to happen in 25, which you know will also be just kind of a development year. You would think um, as we get into the 26 season, which is really the the year that um, I would say you know Lewis would be banking on. Um, that's that's very likely to what he bought into is the 26 car. The 26 yeah. package, the 26 engine, like what are they doing for 26? You know, 25, we know that it's going to be pretty difficult. So he finishes this year at Mercedes. He does kind of a let's feel it out year, 25, build up the hype. And then 26 is really where we're going to see or where yeah. we're going to at least hope that we see the true power of the, the package, the pair. Right. And then who knows? Things can go from there. But well, Ferrari said this was a multi-year deal. They obviously, I think in contracts now, mm-hmm. they don't really give you that that number anymore that we're all looking for. So I would assume that this is probably a three-year deal um, with obviously potential for an extension, seeing how he's doing. But yeah, like you said, uh, 2025 in the development of the car, figuring things out with, um, for the new regulations. And then you have maybe two seasons in the new regulations to work with mm-hmm. um, and see if that's, if see if they get it right. Because as we've realized with now, with Mercedes, now Red Bull, when you get the new regulations right, you're set until the next regulations period. So it's really going to be, a, uh, you know, I think a race to see who gets those regulations right. And, you know, it kind of makes me wonder the internal politics at Mercedes, what input was Lewis giving them after 2021 to develop the car, what were they taking from him and what were they ignoring? Because mm. it kind of makes me think that maybe his conversations with Ferrari maybe had something more to do with, I want to be more involved in the development of the car. Even more so. I want you guys yeah, to maybe. take my opinions seriously as I'm the one driving the car. I'm tired of having to complain every race. And not having my problems be addressed. Because, I mean, he complained about a lot of the same things for several races. I mean, let's go back to porpoising. So, and I know a lot of other cars were having that problem too. But, I mean, some cars got it right. So, 
you know, I, I, I really wonder what the internal politics was like, because something had to have happened at Mercedes in the last two years. I mean, we know what happened. I don't know that the car would be where it is if that would have happened. So I think the same can be said about Mercedes. And I get it. Mental health is important. You got to step away sometimes. But maybe that was just that one thing that because you think about it, the way he lost in 2021, that was a massive opportunity for Mercedes to come back in 2022 and say, we got our, our, our act together. We're going to win this year. And instead, they got blown away. Yeah. So that was that season, that redemption season that Lewis should have had that. And it seems like 2022, now 2023, Red Bull just kept building and building and building. And at what point when you are in a special class of driver that Lewis is in, that you kind of just say, I've reached my ceiling here. I've done all that I can. Um, I'm ready to move on. And I think that's genuinely where Lewis kind of fell with this. And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm curious what was happening actually in the factories, what was happening in those meetings that maybe Lewis's grievances weren't being addressed. I'm not sure what was happening, but this is, I don't want to say it's unprecedented because we've seen, I mean, look at Tom Brady when he left the Patriots. Nobody expected he was going to go sign with Tampa Bay and then win a Super Bowl on top of that. You know, and, and sometimes that happens and sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. Maybe he'll go to Ferrari and end up winning another championship. Who knows? But sometimes you just need a breath of fresh air and maybe that's just what Lewis is looking for right now. So I don't fault yeah. him. I think more so I am I'm I appreciate and again, I, I'm a Mercedes fan. I have been for a very long time now, but I also look at let's do what's fair for the drivers. I like all the drivers. Let's be real. I'm an F1 fan. <laughs> Go sports. But I think what he did was in respect of sportsmanship because now Mercedes has an entire season and a massive pool of, of people they can, they can start to talk to and interview and do it publicly. Nothing has to be done behind the scenes. Nothing is, is you know, that we're not going to have these, these, gross rumors spreading around like it's going to be out in the open in the public and i'm sure they're going to do their um due diligence when it comes to this um so that was i think in the best interest of of mercedes for him to to bow out after 2024 uh, so that you know he, they do have their top pick knowing that all those contracts were coming up because can you imagine if he had just said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the 2025 option and then I'm out. And then like how many contracts would have been up after 2025? Not very many, unless drivers were given a one-year extension. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, depending on what the contract says. Uh, and again, yeah. these, these contracts are so hush-hush unless you know what they are. It's like, you know, they could be, they could be you know, uh, extension type contracts or, or, or like option type contracts or, mm -hmm. you know, they are multi-year, but, um, they're all expected to be multi-year, I guess. Right. And you, you don't yeah. sign somebody and not want to have them. Uh, I think what this brings up and what's interesting is that it, it brings to light the importance of having, um, multiple drivers, that you can you know that are marketable right like yeah. we're taught not i'm not saying george is not marketable um he's he's definitely you know he's definitely got that 
Let's see, he's got it, but he's got something, right? He's got a little bit of something. Yeah. And, you know, you you look at a team like, now, Red Bull's kind of in a different category, right? The Their company, the company itself is freaking a marketing company. So it's like everything they do off the field, uh, off the track is like, you know, all about, creating buzz so it's almost like they don't need a second driver but for all these other teams it's like unless you have unless you have you know a next level talent or generational talent in mercedes um in mercedes case you you lose that person you now are kind of like up shit's creek when it comes to you know marketing and sponsorships and partnerships and all that so i mean could that this puts a lot more stress on George you know now George has to be a number one driver like a true number one at a top tier team and can he is he going to be able to bring in the, the same level of sponsor are sponsors going to be flocking to Mercedes the same I, you know again I don't know if Lewis the way Lewis left does that signal to sponsors hey the ship is burning get the F out you know what happens? How do sponsors react to that? Are they going to be like, well, "We don't want to get involved with a with a sinking ship. We don't want to get involved with a project that's on its way down." You know, same thing. Look at, I mean, look at Haas. Perfect example, right? Um, not only are they a consistent backmarker, but they can't get a sponsor to save their lives, right? right. And I don't know. Did you did you hear what the new team principal of of Haas said? He was like, "Yeah." So their their car was revealed today, and he mm-hmm. or yes yesterday, whatever it was, and he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, you know, he we're going to be at the back anyway." Yeah, uh, he yeah, said, "Out of the it? out of the gates in Bahrain, I still think we're going to be towards the back of the grid, if not last." <laughs> so I mean, not only is that a PR disaster to say that, like. You, I mean, you're basically screaming to your sponsors or potential sponsors, stay away. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what you're saying. And so I think, again, similarly to, you know, Lewis's sponsors, Mercedes sponsors, um, you know, you like how important it is to have good drive, like these drivers, they can really build up the marketing flywheel, you know, and it's if you look at the teams that were successful and have great sponsors outside of Red Bull and I'll even say Ferrari. Actually, no, I'll say Ferrari and even Red Bull. Let's let's do it that way. Um, most of them have you know have to have highly marketable drivers because they don't have the brand panache, right? Like, if right. you don't have the brand recognition, you look at Alpine, right? I mean. Yeah, it's Renault, it's whatever, but they don't have what they, they're not anything near what they used to be. I mean, it's not, they're not like crushing sponsor department. Now they went and did, worked out a deal with, they basically sold part of the team to Ryan Reynolds. So they're going to try that route, you know, with the whole like, let's get some celebrity ownership and see if that does anything for us. And I hope it does work for that. But 
it really, really proves how important it is to have marketable driver. Like to me, that's what this screams. I mean, this whole deal, this whole Lewis to Ferrari deal is like one big marketing thing. Yeah. Both both ways. It goes both ways. You know, Ferrari wants Lewis and Lewis wants Ferrari. I mean, it the biggest car brand and the biggest racing name in the world joining forces. I mean, it's a it's truly a win win for both of them. Yeah. Um but I, yeah, I'm really so now you've got Ferrari with this, you know, dual, you know, t- double edged sword, twin prong attack, whatever you want to call it, with Leclerc and, and Hamilton. They're they're both monster presences, you know, online, and you know they have, um, they're very marketable. Uh, on top of having a marketable you know, freaking brand that they are going to be driving for. And I think it's a perfect storm. Again, other teams have to keep up. They have to really um, figure out a way to kind of do the same, right? And look at look at exactly what happened with uh, Red Bull. Now there's rumors, and I fully, I fully believe that this rumor is because of and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I think this rumor is because of the uh, you know the Lewis news. Red Bull is potentially rumored to have offered Alex Albon a three-year deal. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, I think it's a direct. I think that's directly because of that because the, uh, the drive, the driver I thought that would would have been a Mercedes driver would have been Albon. I would have assumed that Albon would have gotten that seat next to George. Okay. I... What do you guys... I think that Fernando Alonso would be the perfect person to fill Lewis's seat. Do you really believe that? I do. I do. I I love Nando, but I I gotta hear this. I think he still has it in him, and I think it's got to be frustrating as hell when you start out a, a, a season the way he started out uh, the 2023 season with um, with Aston Martin. He was doing so well, and then mm-hmm. they started regressing. They started going backwards. Couldn't develop a car, yeah. It it was likely due due to the car because we know we know Fernando Alonso. It, it, I hate to say this, but he's been such a wasted talent the last real ten years of his career. And I truly believe he still has it in him. Maybe it's a short, um, a short time. Maybe it's a one or two years he's got left in the tank. But I think that he deserves a car that he can really push. And if his, I mean, his contract is up too. Um, so his Lance Strolls uh, after this season. So I think that it would be potentially the perfect time for them to say, all right, well, maybe maybe George isn't ready to be driver number one, which I think that, I mean, that's, that's drama in and of itself um, because it's basically saying we have a no vote of confidence in you, but George made a lot of mistakes last year and let's call it what it is. If it wasn't for Lewis, Mercedes wouldn't have finished P2 in the drivers or in the constructors. So, um, you know, and, and, and had Lewis not been disqualified from Austin, he would probably have finished P2 in, in the drivers. So, you know, where, where does that put George? Do you know what I mean? Um, I yeah. think that he makes too many mistakes still, and I, I just don't think that that Toto wants to trust him fully. Um, 
with the team yet as being driver number one. So I really do think that a Fernando Alonso figure coming in could be potentially what Mercedes needs in that you know 2005 season. Um, maybe if it, even if it is just a one-year contract, um, and then they have somebody come in else you know come in in the new regulations. But I think he could be the driver that pushes the car at the hardest in 2025. And um, I just you know <laughs> that's just my two cents. Um, but. I also think that as far as the Albon to Red Bull deal, do you think he would go back knowing that Max Verstappen is going to be your teammate? I mean, yeah, he's been doing a lot better. And I genuinely think if Alex Albon was in a better car than, than the Williams, he would be doing a lot better. But yeah. I I just, people have to realize, and I think it's it's kind of been lost on the fact that because Checo and, and Max, they get along well, but... They haven't had that explosive, fiery um, relationship yet because um, Checo doesn't doesn't push him, I think, or play his game the way his other teammates have. And so you haven't had those fiery moments yeah. with him like you've had mm-hmm. with, with Pierre Gasly, with, with everyone else. And I just, I wonder, has Max, as he's gotten, you know, more confident in himself, as he's won his, his, um, championships and done all the things that he he has sought out to do in this has he gotten to the point where he is calm enough to where he could have a driver relationship with someone he has previously driven with knowing all of his idiosyncrasies they're all of their idiosyncrasies knowing what gets each other going knowing what upsets each other i mean could could that work and and i don't know and i I say the same thing people say that well you know uh daniel ricardo could still be in the mix to come in after checo um after checo's contract is up and as much as i would love to see that happen let's get the band back together let's remember what the band was like you know so i'm not even sure that red bull going the route of daniel ricardo would be in the best interest of red bull especially if they're still looking to try and compete and be as competitive as possible under the new regulations. I mean, they're trying to, to bring the cars in, back in the garage. They're not trying to have them towed. And that happened, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, quite a bit last season with Checo. So they're not looking for that right now. No, I I, I think that Max is mature enough or he has matured enough for, um, for this for a partnership like that to happen um for you know an old teammate to return and you know to have kind of that uh less explosive uh situation right also i alex would would end up being a little bit more the aggressor if if anything at all right i I don't think max i I don't think you're gonna get well max is always aggressive so that's kind of that's hard for me to say too I just I think that so Max is mature enough exactly for <laughs> that situation. Yeah, no, I think I just think you know you're looking at Max and you're saying, okay, listen, he gets it now. He's a three-time, potentially four-time world champion by the time you know Albon would would get to the team, um, and yeah. he, you know, you. I, I just I I like it for Alex, and if I'm Alex, why would I not want to go there? Why the hell would I want to drive yeah. for a backmarker? You know, he's talented. Right. He, you know, he. For, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been what seventh in the championship last year. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, he single uh, single handedly carried that, you know, that tractor every every week, and he had some pretty impressive drives. Uh, that shouldn't go unnoticed, and I don't and I don't think it is right. I think you see if if this is accurate, of course. I think you see, you know, Horner and the Red Bull um, cabal saying to themselves. Mm, yeah, you know what? He, this guy was talented when he was with us. He was just a little bit young and inexperienced, and you know he was making mistakes at the the the, the top level versus making the mistakes down low. You put him in a good, a really good car. I think Alex Albon's a very good driver, and I think he's a yeah. great complement to Max where they for where they are in their careers. Like, right? They're both mature now, so it's it's a yeah. little bit different than yeah. where we were at when they were competing together. I just think the tension is what's going to be on people's minds. And again, I think this also goes back to the fact that as sports fans, nobody will admit it, but we do like the drama. That's automatically where our sure. minds go when we think about these things is the drama. It's like the second anyone says right now, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, the first thing that comes to mind is the drama happening right now. You know, sure. not wow, they're really talented in, in their respective industries. It's the drama. So that as sports fans, that's where our minds go because that's where we're conditioned. Um, yeah, and I so think we go there, but your mind yeah. has to so, go to a place that is going to be in the best interest of the team. And I do think that Alex Albon would would push for sure. He'd push Max. I think he would be a complimentary teammate. But again, if 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 both parties could ensure that you wouldn't have that tension, that schoolboy tension that they had before, then then let's give it a go. I think that's a great a great opportunity for Alex. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I just, I just think that that's where people's minds want to go back to all of, of his former teammates and, and what happened back then. But yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a much different person. And I will say this, I, I used to not like him. I was really like, I thought he, he was very childish and I would say as he's gotten, as he's grown up, as he's gotten more, I think, confident in in being the villain, so to speak, he really has become more likable. It's not like he's seeking out the mm -hmm. villain role. He just says what's on his mind. And frankly, what he says is is what a lot of people are thinking. He just doesn't have a problem yeah. saying it. And I think that's that's a refreshing um, thing to have in, in a sport that everything seems to be so tight-lipped. So I like that. Um, and, you know, it's also very political. People have to kind of watch what they say because they know that the musical cars aspect of it, if you say one thing, then a team might not want to sign you because they think, oh, well, he's not going to get along with this person. So with Max, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I am driver number one. I'm a three-time world champion. I can say what I want to say as long as it's not obviously like super offensive, which I don't think he would. Um, but yeah, he is, he's at the top of his game right now. And I think this is, this is a huge reason why I think you're going to have so many big moves happening in 2025 because of this i think this is the final year of these regulations we're all moving on everybody wants to get the car right etc and people want to take red bull down but in doing so teams are starting to really understand the uh, the sponsorship aspect the money aspect and they're starting to really kind of mm -hmm. get that game where if we don't have the money we can't compete look at what haas Look at what Haas has been going through the past couple of seasons. Yeah. I mean, really, since they entered Formula One, it's a joke. And I just, I think that you're going to start seeing more aggressiveness on track. 
you're going to start seeing more aggressiveness with these contracts. There are 14 contracts uh, ending at the end of this season, 14. So these teams know who the top drivers are. They know who they want right now. So can you imagine the power plays that these drivers are going to have going into 2025? There is going to be a significant amount of money being tendered throughout this season because of of the fact that this is very much a a I would say a seller's market right now. Yeah, and in fact, you know, I, I like the fact that you brought up you know the marketing play. Obviously, that's it's a for me that's a huge aspect of all this, and you know, yeah, there are very good spots potentially open. And or that are open, not potentially that just are open. And are. you know, are these drivers this year, the guys, you know, you you've got guys like Ocon and Albon and Gasly, Alonso. You know, I, I, Stroll knows he doesn't have a shot at the top team. Um, yeah. But those other those other guys. They know that there's opportunity. They've got real opportunity. And Norse decided to, to stick to what you know, to stick where uh, where where he's uh, been for a while now. So he's going to stay with McLaren. And but everyone else is pretty much kind of want to say fair game, or you know, yeah. they're they're kind of oh well, this is an opportunity. So well, I, yeah, I think there's you're going to see them taking those partnerships a little more seriously, taking those sponsorships a little yeah. more seriously, uh, maybe working on their social media game a little more. Uh, it's important, right? It's important. You look at Lewis. Now Lewis is, has way more of a, a, you know, a following than anybody else on the grid, but uh, look who's, you know, who's second, his, his, yeah. his future teammate, Charles Leclerc. You know, with that, and Charles yeah. builds up, and and I would say that Charles and some of those guys have solid little brands that they've built. Uh, Lewis is just on another level, so let's just take Lewis out of the equation because it's almost unfair. Uh, but you know, you look at you look at the brands that some of these guys are building up, and and it's nice. And the guys that aren't or that don't really do it, I mean, like, even like a Logan Sargent, right? He yeah. probably could have done so much more with the fact that he's the American and and there's really not much you know coming out for him so when you don't drive real well and you don't bring much value you know to a team outside of you know yes he probably did bring some money into the team but how long is money going to stay in a team when they're not winning yeah you're not really doing yeah. much you're not providing any value off the field with anything you're doing. So, you know, unfortunately it's kind of where we're at right now. It, it is a, yeah. it's a game that's dictated by, it's always been a game that's been dictated by dollars. Let me, let me rephrase that. But more so now than ever, it's a game dictated by public perception and outward facing market uh, that maybe wasn't really a factor uh, you know, yeah, 30, 40 years ago, you had some partnerships. But I think with, a huge reason you know, for that, whatever. Go ahead. I think a huge no, reason ahead, for ahead. that also, and, and people say that 
that oh drive to survive blue formula one up and again i i i disagree with that lewis hamilton is what brought that lewis hamilton is what started bringing the supermodels to the grid they started kind of turning it into a fashion show it was less about um you know no i wouldn't want to say less about the drivers but it became i think that's when the spectacle really started when lewis got really confident in himself as a driver and he started winning championships and he started you know, being being the fashion guy, he wasn't showing up in the team kits. He was showing up in what he wanted to. He was bringing supermodels with him, and that kind of brought a whole different level. And yes, I do think that Drive to Survive had it had a significant impact in expanding on that. But that all started before DTS. That was the Lewis Hamilton effect. So I think that's why, from a global perspective, this is why fashion designers want Lewis Hamilton in their clothes. This is why they send him. I don't think Lewis he doesn't wear anything over again because. All the clothes that he wears like his runway they're sent to him so when you have designers the top designers in the world sending you whatever you want just for publicity that that's that's the brand name that is lewis hamilton is the creme de la creme of brand names in formula one you want that ferrari has that now but yeah to your point it's these are the these are the drivers who are up at the end of 2025 or at the, at the end of 2024 Sergio Perez, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Nico Hulkenberg, Kevin Magnussen, Carlos Sainz, Zhou Guan Yu, Valtteri Bottas, Logan Sargent, Alex Albon, Daniel Ricciardo, Yuki Tsunoda. So it really kind of becomes that marketing push where if I am a team right now, I'm looking at this list and I'm saying to myself, who is the best driver with the best marketing capital? That's the driver I want because that is the era we're in with Formula One. So, and again, I think that the reason why um, um, Albon could potentially make sense for Red Bull is because they don't need him to bring that. They just need him to bring his talent and what he can do. Whereas teams like Williams, Sauber, Haas, Alpine, and I will put Aston Martin in there, they do need that. So yeah. I think that whoever gets that second Red Bull seat in 2025 is going to, we're going to know that that's the driver who didn't have to have all of the um, the accoutrement come with them. They come as they are and Red Bull doesn't give a shit about the rest of it. They just want you to drive. And that I think that's what makes that seat the most coveted <laughs> seat in F1 right now. Yeah. Even though you're competing yeah. against against the best right now the best driver in the world so i don't know it, it's all about money we know that formula one is 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 the the core of formula one is money and so they have to do what makes sense but i am curious out of all of this list of drivers who do you think is a driver that is most likely to not make a team in 2025 oh i was gonna see checo yeah but but um the marketing joe but joe brings money and i like him. I, I like him he's like he's basically lewis hamilton for the chinese market um with the fashion and you know he's obviously the only um driver from china on the grid um wow that's t- oh, did, you see, did you see stroll is up too yeah 
I mean, Stroll doesn't really have, like, who knows what Stroll's deal is. I mean, if I was Aston Martin and I was getting serious about my team, I would say Stroll would not have a drive. Um, yeah. It's tough. I, honestly, I, I, I think signs might be left out in a lurch. If Albon ends up with a Red Bull, that really leaves the only seat would be sober, but I, I, I would you say Joe is up at 20 and the 24. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's a Joe seat, but I, so it's pretty possible. I think it would be pretty possible and it would be not unreasonable to say that signs could end up without a seat if, if Albon goes to Red Bull, cause I would have said that, you know, Go see you know, signs goes to Red Bull. I could see him, you know, reuniting with Max. He's been a red, yeah. you know, he's a Red Bull driver. He's come through their development program. Um, but oh, I'm gonna. So I'm I'm gonna say Joe. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Joe. Yeah, I. But I. That's hate my this. answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say either. Yuki, honestly, or or Ricardo, and I hate to say Ricardo because I love him, but if yeah. he doesn't have a really really good season this season with RB, whatever cash up, whatever, <laughs> um, I do see him out because I see him as he's he's a veteran. He's had plenty of time to to just push himself as far as he can go, and and you know if he if he fades out this season, I I don't think that he's he's an interesting guy for sure, and I think that Red Bull would be keen to keep him around um just not as maybe as a driver maybe he could do stunts or something like that but i i just i don't see them wanting to invest any more into him um i think that yuki is still very young and yuki is still willing to make mistakes and as long as red bull doesn't care about covering the bill then they're gonna let him have at it and say we'd rather we'd rather you crash having a go than you crash you know or you not crash and, and be timid um and finish last and get zero points for us so I think they like that about him. He's kind of feisty like that. So that's why I think he has better job security than Daniel Ricardo. Right now, I really think it is Daniel Ricardo's uh, make or break season in Formula One. Um, I do see there being a mix up at Sauber. I think I see I see um, signs going there because then that's going to transition into the Audi. And I think that they would probably like him to be on the ground floor of that operation. And I think his dad has very close relationships with Audi. So we'll see what happens there but yeah I, I don't know that i see logan Sargent. i mean he's gonna have to have one hell of a good season to come back um but again his contract uh, was up as well yeah yeah logan and albon both so, pretty okay. much every I, I every team i didn't even think about i didn't even think about Sargent because yeah. i probably would have said Sargent. to be quite honest with you yeah you, you know here's but, the challenge it's, oh yeah You've got these spots that will be available and these contracts that will be up. And, like, are you really really going to want to start? You're going to want somebody in it during the 25 season that's also there working out of the development of the transition 26 season. So, or not the transition, but the, the, the first season of the new regs. So, yeah. 
25 will be a big year to see what direction teams want to go in with their projects in 26. Ferrari's clearly yeah. stated their claim. They have Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc um, for, for 26, or at least for 25. But what about like the younger drivers? And, you know, Mercedes has been, a lot of people have been speculating going into their F2 pool with uh, Kimi Antonelli. When are, you know, our teams going to be looking at, at the younger guys? Yeah. I don't think this is going to be the season to do that. I think, like you said, they are going to want to start working on the 2026, the new regs in 2025. And I think that could potentially take the eye of a veteran driver. <laughs> um, and I think that's where this becomes a, a driver's market right now in terms of veteran drivers because of that, um, the input that they can give. Now, again, I could be completely wrong and you could have a team like say Williams that says, well, we're gonna abandon our entire veteran strategy. We're gonna go get rookies in here and we're gonna develop the car under rookies. We're gonna push them. We're gonna have to hold 2025 to test them. Um, I mean, Haas might even do the same thing. I mean, I think that Kevin Magnuson has done pretty well. Um, I think they have a higher likelihood of keeping K-Mag over Nico, if I'm being honest. But how much longer are they going to want to drive for Haas? Because I don't see any other team wanting to sign them. So maybe a couple teams could go the rookie route um, and bring in the F2 drivers. But I I just, I don't know. Something tells me that this is going to be the silly season where, um, where the existing grid has its first pick, really. Um, and then maybe we'll see, we'll see maybe one or two rookies next season emerge. But I also think that Piastri kind of set the tone that this is now what is expected of rookie drivers. You cannot come in here and and Logan Sargent your way in. You're going to come in here and you're going to compete and you're going to drive. And you can't say that, oh, well, he was thrown into a really good car. He wasn't. He wasn't because that McLaren was shit at the beginning of the year. So it was a completely... Yeah, I mean, you you made it... Out of all the cars on, on the grid, that was the 180 car and he is a huge part of that. That is rare. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point there with how it's changed the expectations of what a young driver coming in and, you know, why would I want to, why would I, if I'm a team, why am I going to want to deal with a Logan Sargent where, oh, there's potential, there's potential, there's potential. Great. But how long is it going to take for him to get there? And if we never really have the car for it, is he ever going to produce anything for us? Whereas, you know, you look at someone like a Piastri who was able to take a car that was, you know, wasn't great early on, but he still drove the hell out of it to the point where they were able to work on development and turn it into something solid. Um, And, you know, they were fighting at the top. I mean, they were, they, they came on at the end of this season. So, I, you're, yeah, I'm, I, you make a really good point there because right now the argument is, well, you know, it's a rookie, it's his first season, it's this, it's that. Yeah, okay, well, how, how, how much can you make excuses now when you have somebody like uh, an Oscar Piastri who comes in the first season? And I'll be, listen, I'll be the first one to say I was, I, I was not high on Piastri coming in. I thought, Yes, you know he had he had pedigree and he was he was good, but like 
I just didn't think he was going to come in and set the world on fire, right? I just, I really didn't. And he yeah. just, I don't know, I mean, he definitely proved me wrong. I'll, I'll put it that way. I had higher expectations of Piastri only because of how he, how he announced that, that tweet, that, that absolute fire tweet saying that, what is, I'm not uh, going to be signing with, with Alpine or whatever it was, but I had higher expectations yeah. of him then because at that point I was like, this guy has moxie. Yeah. This guy is willing to go toe to toe. So I, maybe I had higher expectations because of that. Um, or maybe I'm just, I'm just weird, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah I think it's going to be difficult for any rookie to come in now because now there's going to be that Piastri expectation yeah. that you're going to come in here and you're going to help us develop this card in year one. And you're going to help us, um, rise in the ranks in the uh, in the constructor so yeah it doesn't make it fair i think this upcoming season for rookies um but that's business you know and and that that time that you're spending developing these rookies that's expensive that is very expensive that could be a determining factor of whether your team makes it or doesn't and if you keep making the wrong investments then you're going to have sponsors pull out you're going to have drivers not really look at that team seriously who could potentially complement the driver and help get you over the top so the drivers that you sign are extremely important. And I think that's why people have issue with Haas because it's like, you're not doing anything. You're not helping these drivers. And certainly the drivers aren't really helping you either, but they're, they can only help you with the, with the technology that they're given, with the car that they're given. And when you're not making the investments uh -huh. necessary into the car and the personnel, mainly the personnel to develop the car, then you're not going to attract the best drivers. Therefore, you are not going to rise in ranks. And I think this is why, and maybe we can talk about Andretti for a couple seconds um, or a couple minutes, but I think yeah. this is why people are so upset with the Andretti decision because it's like, what, yep. what, where do they get this that they don't think that that Andretti would bring value or whatever it was their, their language was to Formula One when you have a team like Haas on the grid for as long as they've been on the grid doing absolutely nothing. And I think that is... That's what's upsetting so many people right now. So, what are what are your thoughts on the whole on the whole Andretti situation? I mean, to me, it's an absolute like just I don't want to use the word travesty, but it's it is pretty pathetic to listen yeah. to a team principal of a current team on the grid say we're going to be in last place. We suck, and that team has been you know in last place pretty much every season. I mean I, I don't know I forget the standings off the top of my head but you know they're not uh, uh, out of the bottom you know of the ranks and they lose their most marketable asset which was their team principal which should be kind of weird to begin with yeah. that their team principal is the one that's the most marketable because he says fox mash and he says you know dumb shit on drive to survive <laughs> which is great i'm not knocking gunther i'm just saying like if we're being realistic from a business perspective you know why is he popular because of drive to survive making him popular like it's not even because of anything else. like toto is popular because toto is a freaking billionaire playboy philanthropist <laughs> he's Tony Stark right like you know yeah. he, and then you've got I mean just listen to this this is listen to this pedigree this is what I think aggravates me the most about the situation and 
I really like I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what to say. So this is the pedigree that we're rejecting from Formula One. Um, F1, the, the name Andretti is what is what we're talking about here. F1 World Driver Champion, twelve wins, twenty podiums in Formula One, nine time IndyCar champion, six Indy five hundred wins, four Indy NXT titles, a Daytona five hundred win, a twenty four hours of Le Mans class win. Sebring 12 hours win, Formula E title, 73 supercars win, six supercars driver's titles, five supercars team titles. And that's just the ones that I could kind of remember slash um, looked up quickly. I didn't even go into everything else. You're saying that that is not good yeah. enough. They've got facilities. They've got money. They've got the yeah. partnerships. They've got the brand uh you know the, the the American brand. You know you've got Cadillac behind them. Yes, they would have had to bring in Renault for a year or two before the GM engine uh, was going to be ready. But so what? Yeah. what? How does it? I just I can't. You know, and there are folks because I was you know I had put this out there into the to the Twitter sphere and. You know, there's a lot of folks uh, that were like, well, who's to say that Andretti was going to come on and add any value? You know, if Haas can't add value, who's to say that a new team's going to come on and suddenly add? That's, yeah, you know what, valid point. There, <laughs> yeah. There's no guarantee that they would come on and add any value whatsoever. You're, you're absolutely right. But they're doing it in other, you know, series. They're doing it elsewhere. They're like, they're competing. They're winning. They're, they're yeah. not... A, some random name um you know that is that, that is trying to use formula one to my and this is probably a dumb statement to make but i'll say it and then i'll take it back in i'm going to say they're not using formula one to springboard their brand but but everybody is you know like it doesn't matter who you are yeah you are using formula one to springboard your, but it's not like they are non-existent and they're trying to you know leverage formula one they're they're already existing, so they're trying to expand their global reach. But they've got it. I mean, already. So it's not like they just, like I said, it's not that they don't exist. Um, and I, I think that's what just makes it so head scratching, right? Like, yeah, you've got someone that can bring real uh, development production into the sport a real American team, you know, not mm -hmm. what Haas is. And you're saying no, but yet you will take American dollars. You will take American sponsorship. You will ugh, plant yeah. your seed all over the, the, the country, you know, with races that quite frankly, even Americans are, uh, I might say we're not excited about there's there's people that are, that are obviously excited but they're these spectacles that I think they're going to have a hard time keeping interest long term with a lot of these you know yeah let's drive around let's race around uh, uh, a stadium in my in <laughs> I'm sorry in Fort Lauderdale it's not even Miami uh, you know <laughs> let's ride on yeah. the streets in Vegas yes that's that's exciting for the first year it might have excitement for the second year and third year but how long is that going to you know last if you don't give people a product that's really good um which right. you know which leaves you with with coda right as the only real racetrack still 
Um, yeah. You know, you see all that and you're like, well, don't you want to at least give these people someone to really, you know, cheer for? Don't you want to give drivers a real pipeline to aspire to? Um, you know, even Logan Sargent, you know, before Logan started last season, there were some articles that had come out and there was, you know, it had talked about his, um, his development. I mean, he had to up and leave his family and go race in Europe, which is fine. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to suddenly change the entire dynamic of karting and all that stuff. I understand that's not going to change overnight, but had there been a development program close closer to home uh had there been a team that you could aspire to you know uh be on it's a little bit different right and yeah. i think that's the big i think that's what really aggravates me is that it kind of contradicts everything that f1 is doing outside of that action right the marketing the spectacle the races i mean hell f1 is 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 headquartered well liberty media is headquartered in the united states so you look at all this stuff and you're like where's the disconnect why is there a disconnect and what does a team have to do to actually enter and, and you know and my last point and i'll let you you know let me, you can take the stage on this one but why'd you change the goalposts on them yeah you know he, yeah. He, he, there's a number they met that number they came in with seemingly everything you asked for and then you change the number the goalpost and now you're saying, oh, come back in 28 with a proper GM, you know, uh, works car. Uh, okay, well, in 28 or in, yeah, in 28, you're going to end up with, you know, how far are you going to increase the rate, you know, the rate at that point? How far is the rate going to increase at 28? It's not going to be yeah. 200 million anymore. It's not going to be 600 million, uh, million anymore. It's going to be a, a billion and a half. Well, how is like, and then you're going to say, oh, well, they don't add enough. Or you're going to say, oh, well, what if they now don't have the money? Oh, well, see, you weren't, you didn't have the money. Yeah, but we had the money at 200 million. Yeah. And we even we had, had the, the money, money at 600 million. Maybe in a billion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like how, yeah. I'm, I'm almost actually surprised that Andretti is continuing to push it. You know, like, It's almost yeah. like, at what point do you just say, you know what, fuck you? We'll go make our money elsewhere. We'll go, you know, we'll go dominate other series. We'll go, you know, enter cars and and you know, we'll go get sponsorship to be given to other series. Uh, you know, IndyCar wants. We'll take our money. The uh, Formula E, all these other, all these other race series. They were, you know, happily have us in them and they will happily, uh, there are sponsors that will happily put their names on our cars and take our dollars, you know, F you. Like, at what point do they do that? Because unless this is just something that, you know, Mario 
or, or Michael wants to do, I, you know, I don't know. Is this a, is this a thing where it's like, we want to do this for dad. We want, you know, Mario really want, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know, is he really like, yeah. maybe he's the driving force behind it or something, but you've got to think they're, they're going to eventually lose their, their wit on this and just say, screw it, you know? Um, and that, it's, it's just frustrating. So uh, that, that's my thoughts. I, what, what do you think? I think 2028 is a very long time away and it's, it's not fair when they say come back when you are our proper American works team, when you have the American team with the Ferrari engine on the grid right now and with Haas. Um, I think that in the spirit of what it means to be a constructor, I understand them saying, you know, the whole engine thing. I get that. But in the same token, when you are racing royalty in America and you know that this not is just a America, team, hold on, don't yeah, not just globally, America. Globally. Mario Andretti is a yeah. Formula One champion. Yeah, exactly. Globally. But but I'm saying like more like recently in America, because that's obviously like, yeah, where I get it. Of, I get it. But where I, their racing is. Yeah. I think, but I think stressing the fact that the man actually yeah. won in your damn series. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And like, it's not like he's some schlub. <laughs> right, right. But again, he gets it. He understands the quote unquote formula. He understands what it takes to win in Formula One. And maybe this is just some of the team saying, we don't want a team to come in here and potentially, you know, uh, ruin what the good thing that we've got going. But if, if you're concerned with the team coming in, with the money, with the power, with the resources to pluck your guys, to pluck your factories, essentially, that's your problem. But I do think that it is potentially a, I think it's more so about what Andretti would take from these teams, as opposed to what Andretti could give to Formula One, which is a massive fan base that would automatically come in and be loyal, you know, Andretti loyalty, because they've been loyal to them for years, if not decades. And that brings a tremendous value because like you said, people are going to get tired eventually of of the Miami circuit. I, I, I can already see it happening. I know people who are like, I went, I never go again, but I would go to Coda again. I would go to Vegas again. And you're already seeing that even after one season of, of having Las Vegas Grand Prix on the calendar. People have said, I would rather go to Vegas than Miami. That's a pretty bold statement for people to already be saying after a single race. So... I do think that Formula One dropped the ball on this. They showed their cards and it's not good. And I think that it it shows the petty of the sport. And we've, we always know that the petty exists in every single sport. But I think when it comes down to a team like Andretti, they did their due diligence. They did what they had to do. They kept up with, like you said, raising the goalposts. They kept raising the goalposts too. They're like, we are serious people coming in here. We want this. Um, do I think that they kind of pump the brakes on that? No. I see them being as, as tenacious as they they want to be. Um, I don't see them pumping the brakes on this, though. I, I don't think that they're going to stop until they're in Formula One. And I think eventually maybe Formula One will just tire of it. Or, you know, maybe best case scenario, Haas decides to sell because I think Andretti would give, give Haas pretty much whatever it wants to sell the team. I just think maybe... I don't know what what Gene's fixation is with Formula One. I don't know why he he's he's continuing to 
to insist that he has a team when they're not doing anything. If anything, for me, if I owned a Formula One team and the team was consistently every single year just not doing well, I would say, all right, I'm going to cut my losses because now my name is associated with this with this shit show. I don't know. I, I would I would count my losses. I would I would cash out. I would sell the team. That's just me. But I, I don't see Andretti pumping the brakes on this, and I hope they don't because. We need an Amer- a true American Formula One team. And I think that if F1 is going to be an American, um, or rather if Liberty Media is going to um, continue to Americana the sport, then do it right. Give us a team we can be proud of so that we can attract drivers that we're really proud of. So I don't know. Yeah. I-, I think it's, it's, it's drama and I think it's a sideshow and I think it really distracts from what we should be focusing on in the sport, which is, you know, it's the science, it's the development, it's, it's the exciting things. And, and this really does take away from that. Because again, if this is about constructors, if this is about who can build the best race car, as opposed to who can invoke the most spectacle, then they've already lost that. Because we know that Andretti would build one hell of a good race car. So you, know, I mean, you would think so. Yeah, yeah, I I just, I think we're in for a very, very interesting season and I'm excited to, because we had a really mild, uh, silly season last year. Not really, you know, not too much, not too much happened last year. Um, this year is going to be an absolute, absolute carnage, which I like, but I do think that maybe this was the best <laughs> Hamilton's announcement coming the day after the Andretti situation. I was, I think like poetic timing for formula one because it got people to stop talking about andretti but oh we're coming back we're going to be talking about that yeah that's not going to go away (laughs) so enjoy your little you know 24 48 hour reprieve but it's coming back so yeah i i yeah it'll be it'll be very very interesting to see how this plays out uh through these livery launches and you know is it going to is it going to affect? I, I know this is going to affect sponsorship, right across yeah. the board with all of this stuff. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, as a Ferrari fan, I'm excited about the Lewis Hamilton news. As a Formula One fan, I'm uh, pretty upset about uh, how Formula One is treating Andretti, and I am just absolutely fascinated with all of the potential shakeups that we're about to to witness i think i think this hamilton thing is going to spring a whole hell of a lot more and if albon flips to red bull that's going to even that's going to make even more uh you know waves it's also going to tell us a lot of what other teams are thinking we're gonna we're just gonna start getting so much news right because these are major players so shakeups at the bottom no one really cares about right like oh, okay yeah. this guy went from you know whatever oh he's racing for Haas now he's racing for you know Alfa Romeo or Saab or whatever like okay yeah nobody whatever but when you start getting one or two pieces of top 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 teams moving okay now we're gonna get some big shakeups so yeah yeah, I'm, especially I'm, when when a driver goes from maybe potentially Williams 
to Red Bull. That is a massive upgrade. Oh, huge upgrade. Huge upgrade. Yeah. And then, you know, what are we going to see? What are we going to see in the lower ranks um, as well? Uh, I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see how that, you know, what we see with those kind of things. But yeah, I think. I think uh, who, just really, ahead. really quickly, out of the grid whose contracts are up, who do you and, potentially see retiring at the end of, of 2024? At the end of 24? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say much as i hate to say this i think i think daniel is gonna be at that point i i just i i, I do I, I you're in another car where you know um, unless unless the car is really good or something you know it does he really want to keep fighting for yeah you know 11th 15th place like yeah i don't know that's not really yeah like if you're if you're a champion if you're this guy who you, you think you're a champ you know or obviously all of these guys think they are but i don't know i don't know if i'd want to be middling around there but again who knows you know but i, I i'm gonna say him i now we're saying retired and the only reason so i'm saying ricardo because he's older but if you want to use retired in the terms of like not gonna race again well, then we can go with guys like Sergeant. But I mean, is Sergeant going to retire? Uh, no, he, the kid's like what twenty three years old. So no, yeah. he's not going to retire. But he may he may not race again in F one. I wouldn't call it a retirement though. Yeah, no, for sure. I kind of agree okay. with you. I think that you know if if he doesn't do well at the end of the season, like what do you have to race for anymore? If you're not, and this is this is it. If he doesn't get that Red Bull seat. He has to prove it though. And I don't think Red Bull is just going to go in and like, you know, announce a driver in the first two months of the season. I think they're going to give it, give it a go. Let's see, let's see who's driving the best this season. Um, I think they have their drivers that they like that they have in mind right now. Um, but I don't think they're just going to give that seat up. They want to win. So maybe. Yeah, no, maybe, I agree. Maybe the whole you know, unable to uh, to kind of mark the separation between RB and Red Bull, maybe that gives Daniel an advantage uh, because he knows maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe there's some 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 things we don't know about the car for, for this upcoming season. Uh, maybe it is going to be really effing good. Maybe it is just, a, you know, a, a, an RB19 with the livery change. Who knows? But it is really, I think, it's Daniel Ricardo's seat to lose. I'll say that. Um, and that's yeah, a bold I'll, statement. I'll, I'll give you that. I just, I just, unless lose. this car is, yeah, unless this car is fantastic, I just don't see. Yeah. I, I why you know and and also why would Red Bull want to continue supporting? Not that they don't want to support Daniel, but why do you want to keep yeah. putting money into a guy who's like, ah, eh, doesn't really have it, or and and I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I I like Daniel Ricardo, but. If if he can't do anything, and if the car is really not that great, uh, what do you, you know? How how much longer do you keep you know putting into? Yeah. It's not like you're sitting there going, oh, he's this young guy with a ton of potential, right? Oh, he's some young. He's not. He's not young anymore. Uh, yeah. And and he's not a Lewis Hamilton. He's not even a, a, an Alonso, right? He's, like you're just sorry, Daniel. You know, but I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. And I think that if, 
if he has something left in the tank, he's got to prove it. He's yes. got to show it off. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just it's got to be done because you're you know like what you said, Red Bull's not going to go and put you know put money into having him back at the at the the A squad, right? That's not happening. Yeah, unless he proves it. That's that's and, and, and that's not happening, especially if you've got someone like an Albon available. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had to put if you had to put in in a seat right now, Albon or Ricardo, and tell me you can only pick one, and that's it, ride or die when you're one of them. I'd go with Alex. I mean, how do how do you take Ricardo over Alex at this point? Um, and I think Red Bull's going to probably make the same decision if if all things are uh, playing out the way we think they will. Uh, so yeah, so Daniel, we shall see. I don't know. This is going to be a season could be iconic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I think that this is this is about the time where you guys can kind of expect um, weekly routine episodes from us again. The season starting, we're starting to get into the thick of it. We've got livery launches coming up. We've got sponsorships, uh, you know, movement probably happening there, depending on you know the Lewis situation. If if sponsors do decide to to go with him, but yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of movement going on internally, external politics in F1 marketing. All that good stuff. So, you guys know where to find that news. It's the VF1 show. Right here. Right here. Look for us. You know where we're at. Um, yeah. So, I mean, talk, talk to us. You know where to find us on the tweets. I'm Vincenzo Landino. Uh, she is the VF Castro. And you know that uh, you should be tweeting at us, Xing at us, whatever, uh, all things uh you know f1 business politics uh we talk a little on track stuff as well but we want to hear your your thoughts and inputs i would love to i would love to hear what everyone thinks about the the samson situation uh but also the andretti stuff i mean that's that's pretty important that's the future of of the sport you know having an 11th eventually 12th eventually 13th team on the grid and it starts with with that first one and we're not getting that yet so i want to hear what people have to say about that um, and anything else genuinely that you want to talk about, um, you know, let us know, especially on the Twitters, because that's where I'm always on. And if you give me a really good topic, there's a very good chance that it will show up on the show. Yep. Or your newsletter. Else. Or your newsletter. Or, or my newsletter. Like it could also show up in the newsletter. It could also show up in the newsletter, uh, readqualifier.com. Um, Again, that's a spot where I talk F1 business, not so much the politics, although I probably should go into more of that kind of stuff. They're really tied into the show altogether. Um, but yeah, so you'll, you want to talk about a topic, more than happy to uh, bring those things up. You know where to find uh, us. In, in, in some, some channel. So yeah. you know where to find it. That was quite a bit right there. That was like, that was big news. In one week, literally like two days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the VF1 show. If you liked it, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And for previews of next week's show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the VF Castro and Vincenzo Landino.